Proverbs and the 11th chapter. Good to be here with you and uh, see all that God's doing in the Northwest. Just seems to be powering on more and more and more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And it's really, really good to be here with you. Amen. So we might as well get right to it. This sermon is kind of like Listerine before breakfast, but uh, <clears throat> what the heck. Because it is a concern, and it is something that we're having to deal with more and more. And um, you remember in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, when uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake entertained... 14, they, they reckon 14 million children and 247 million adults saw the inevitable conclusion in a society that seems intent on making all of life clothing optional. And Janet Jackson and her disciples, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, are doing their best to steal the natural modesty of a woman. You know, Pastor Mitchell made a statement years ago that we all wrote down and memorized, the morals of a nation depend upon its women. That they are a force in society that is God-given, and you can tell more and more. How many know our fellowship's a wonderful thing? We're having revival. And the devil will do what he can to begin to steer us and veer us from our direction. And it's astonishing to me now uh, how often when you're counseling even church women, you have to be very careful to look them right in the eye and, uh, and, and to help them and to lead them away from the uh, Pied Piper of Janet Jackson. Listen to this quote before we read our text. Writers and thinkers long have noted that one of the most accurate ways of determining the moral state of a society 
is looking at how it treats the most vulnerable members of that society, namely women and children. Do they oppress and exploit them, or do they cherish and honor them? Western society is at the forefront of an increasingly misogynistic, or literally women-hating, civilization, in which the deprecation and denigration of women not only is acceptable, but serves as the primary engine that actually destroys and drives a culture. And I want to preach on Justin and Janet here this morning, out of Proverbs 11, verse 22. And I want to talk about the new racism. And ladies, pay attention. It's racism. It's a new racism. And you're going to have to take responsibility for part of this. And uh, you're the answer. Thank God for saved ladies. Proverbs 11:22, one verse. The Holy Spirit here gets very interesting. As a jewel of gold and a swine's snout, so is a fair woman, which is without discretion. Justin and Janet. I want to first of all look with you at Janet's display. And today's women are casting off a God-given virtue. Now, I know there have always been immoral women, but something has definitely changed in the social persona of today's ladies, and it has not always been this way. This man said, Early cultures conceived of women as being superior rather than equal to men. The ancients perceived women to be the fairer sex, more naturally noble, innately spiritual, inwardly secure, and romantically committed. The ancient rabbis still maintain that Jewish women always had fewer ritual observations than men simply because their natural piety necessitated fewer external reminders of God's presence in their life. So they're talking about a natural God-given modesty that God gave women, and it was their natural instinct. Something happened in sin. Genesis 3-7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Uh, thank God back in the garden, at least they knew when they were naked. <laughs> but you'll notice there was a response. And many commentaries believe that it was God's glory that covered them. And that was linked uh, that when this was removed, uh, there was a nudity and a nakedness that was, they were aware of. Uh, and uh, this leads us to, to uh, believe that uh, one of the signs uh, of a more and more godless nation is uh, public nudity and a loss of modesty. I have an article here uh, in the Review Journal of Las Vegas. It's an article, if you can imagine this, about a Christian nudist colony. Now, there's something wrong here. And this idiot justified this by talking about nudity being mentioned in the Bible. Well, yes, it is. 46 times, as a matter of fact. But if you'll read the context of these, it was always in the context of shame, judgment, spiritual deception, poverty, immorality, and slavery. Exodus 32:25 And when Moses saw that the people were naked for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. 
And so here's naked. It goes with the word shame in the same sentence. And I want to tell you, covering goes with godliness. Mark 5, 15 through 16 says, And they came to Jesus and saw him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Here's a man that was demon-possessed, and there was an unclothing, and now when he got saved, he got dressed. We're going somewhere here, aren't we, this morning? And once again, the presence of a holy God was linked to covering and clothing. You know, what millions of people saw at the Super Bowl is the graphic results of casting off God in society. Romans 1, 21 through 23 says, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. See, something has definitely changed. You know, before my daughter started her last school year, I offered to take her shopping for school clothes. Always good for the dad to take the child shopping for school clothes. And so we went to the mall, and I got to tell you, it was very difficult finding something that didn't automatically put a murderous spirit in my heart. If any guy saw my daughter like that, I'd have to kill him. It was difficult. I'm talking, it's going down this way, then it's going up that way. And I thought it was just the men that sagged. Now the women are sagging. No, they're worse than sagging. They're almost falling off. Topped off with a tattoo. And something's different. And finally, thank God, I was able to go find some sugar sacks and we made for Shelby some dresses. And... and, uh, and she's, uh, she got through her senior year. See, this has had a profound effect upon society. Remember, the morals of a nation depend upon its women. Interesting quote here. It says, There are strong consequences for a world that has no respect for women, and especially for women who have no respect for themselves. With the, with the neutralization of women as a nurturing and a softening force, the world is becoming more aggressive, more ruthlessly ambitious, less compassionate, and much more insecure. The book of Proverbs says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. And church, this is the opposite of our text. Our text says, As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. You know, there's a, a Matthew Henry's commentary. He makes a, a very, very good comment about this scripture. Now, I don't know, I probably should, but I don't know how long ago Matthew Henry wrote his commentary. But I found it interesting, listen to the words of this obviously very wise man. He says, It is lamented that beauty should be so abused as it is by those that have not modesty with it. It seems ill bestowed upon them. It is quite misplaced as a jewel in a pig's nose in which he roots in the dunghill. 
Now listen to this statement. If beauty be not guarded by virtue, then the virtue will be exposed by the beauty. It may be applied to all other bodily endowments and accomplishment, but is it a pity that those should have them who have not discretion to use them well? Now, this is a powerful statement. He said that if we, that if our, if beauty is not guarded by virtue, then the virtue that we don't have will be exposed by the beauty. What he is saying there is it's a dangerous thing when a woman who, you know, who is naturally, uh, uh, you know, she's a beautiful creature made by God, but if there's no virtue that goes with that, it will be quickly exposed without discretion. This word, uh, without discretion, Barnes Notes puts it this way, it literally means without taste. Void of the subtle tact and grace, without which mere outward beauty is as ill-bestowed as the nose ring in the snout of the unclean beast. See, the nose ring was a picture of beauty in God's favor and blessing, and these were removed when there was a loss of modesty. And in the garden, they knew they were naked, and there was a response. And we're living in a time, beloved, when the morals of a country directly reflect the godlessness of that nation. So let's look then at Justin's response. How did we get here? Something has changed used to be that women had a natural uh, modesty. I was talking uh, uh, to some pastors one time, and I asked them, I said, uh, what to you is some of the biggest changes you've seen over the years? And there was a pretty general consensus, uh, and that was uh, the change in women. It used to be, I remember when Pastor Mitchell first went to Australia, he did a men's discipleship in Prescott, and he had us uh, put in the front of our Bible. He had us write in there as a reminder of any men thinking insane thoughts they always tell. <laughs> and we wrote it in there. They always tell. See, I used to think it was some kind of a, uh, some kind of a scam in high school if they just had this little secret thing working. Uh, no, women's natural modesty, therefore their guilt and immorality, made them confess to somebody. They always told, but something's changed. In counseling today, it's the men that are crying and the women that are denying. Something has changed. They are no longer uh, the way they used to be. We've come to that uh, uh, scripture in Proverbs thirty twenty. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wickedness. Now think about Justin and Janet. What has happened to the morals of women? And don't give me the wardrobe malfunction stuff. How did we get there? We understand the incremental genius of the devil. We understand that. But now there seems to be an ingredient that's being called the new racism. This is the natural hatred of women and women's hatred for men and there is a new racism, and ladies today have to take part of the responsibility. What happened to the women who hated to be considered sex symbols? Remember when they used to say, love us for our brains? And we said, oh, we do. (laughs) 
What happened? Where is the Now Gang? You know, remember, you and Now Gang, National Organization of Women. It's where all the ugly women can feel a part of something. And where are they? Why aren't they shouting from the rooftops about this new racism? Listen to this quote. This starts giving us some, us some understanding. Misogyny, or the hatred of women, is indeed the acceptable new face of racism. While discrimination against blacks in the United States is justifiably taboo, the loathing of women is so rampant that even women have begun to cater to it to, and have to be partly to blame in its perpetuation. The way they're dressing and the way they are being communicated to, beginning with Madonna and right on down to the prophets uh, uh, that we have today, women now are becoming the, uh, uh, the willing accomplices to this new racism. They have no problem parading through life uh, saying, look what I have. And what bothers me is getting into the church. I was counseling uh, recently, a lady wanted to talk to me. I was preaching somewhere. And I want to tell you, buddy, when you counsel today, you got to go, you gotta, almost got to put your Bible up and go kind of go like put your veil on, you know, and, and look them right in the eye because, uh, because uh, it, they, it, it's, like, uh, it's, like, um, it's like they're on a mission to prove I got breasts. Well, well of course you do. You're a female. We, we know. We know about the, the, the mamma gland. We know they're there, okay? We know they're there. We understand that. But, but you don't got to walk around proving it all the time and, and just think and cover them up. Isn't this ridiculous? You got to preach this? <clears throat> they, say that, they say now they're giving girls for graduation breast augmentation surgery certificates and something is definitely wrong. Now today's women seem to enjoy being viewed as sex objects. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself. Don't walk out of here and just don't make this whole church look like a bunch of Muslims. I'm not talking about that. But I will tell you, uh, there's something that's, that's, that's gone amiss. And li- listen to these uh, uh, television shows that seem to not have a problem with this new racism. One's called Joe Millionaire. Listen to this. Produced by the Fox TV network, uh, this is a show where women meet a suitor and they're expected to dump him because he's penniless. Incredible. A whole TV show perpetuating the stereotype of women as money-grubbing, gold-digging leeches and parasites for whom love and romance are unimportant compared to credit cards and cash, and not a single feminist organization even so much as protested. There's another show and, uh, called The Bachelor. This show exposes women as witches stabbing each other in the back as they compete for a man. How about this one? Well, aren't you excited for the new, t- the new television fall p- schedule coming up? Can't you just can't wait? You, you, know, you know what? Our fellowship's going to be vindicated in our stand on television. We're going to be vindicated. Now, if you're all excited about the new fall schedule coming out, God help you. You know, I mean, I can't imagine uh, having that sewer in my, in my 
home. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but, but we're going to be vindicated as a fellowship. Here's, here's one that we should all want to see. It's called, Are You Hot? This literally puts women on the block to, to have each feature of their bodies evaluated by lecherous Neanderthals as if they were sex slaves about to be sold on the market. This is on television. They watch this. How about this one, Paradise Hotel? With the crowning portrayal of women as mindless sluts and nymphomaniacs, forever ready to jump in the sack with complete strangers. Of course, all of this comes in addition to the near-naked uh, female cheerleaders at sporting events where women are portrayed as dim-witted go-go dancers who stand in awe of muscle-laden athletes. Ex- exploit kids, and you're going to jail. Malign women, and you make a buck. Where are the women to protest this kind of thing? Well, it appears that a large percentage are too busy trying to live up to the negative caricatures themselves, and the trend starts at age seven. Something has changed. Ladies, you're being suckered into a new racism. You're being suckered into something that you know in your heart of hearts uh, violates your natural modesty. And the tragedy is that women today don't see their worth uh, and this emboldens caveman behavior in men. See, this is dangerous for churches. This is dangerous for society. And I'm telling you, it's the women that have always held morals in place. And when women lose their morals in a society, you can kiss it off. We always know that men run around like, uh, like uh, German shepherds in heat. We understand. We're always having to preach them down. We're all down, boy, down, chill. Take a cold shower. Do something, you know. Uh, you know, go to bed. Stay there, you know. But, uh, you know, when you, got a, when you got both sides in total cooperation, you've got an orgy, buddy, and you've got a problem in society. See, the Janet Jacksons of the world encourage the behavior of the Justin Timberlakes. It is the godly women of the world that make the barbarians change their behavior. This is something that society has to learn and has to guard. And and this is, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, Tom Paine, and he did a sermon on the princess and the barbarian. He was explaining how uh, uh, when the princess held to her virtues, the barbarian uh, brought his life into uh, control and he actually went home and cleaned his cave and took a bath and got a job. And, uh, and because uh, she said, uh, you know, I'll not go out with a barbarian. I, you know, and she made the guy uh, guard himself uh, and they came up with this statement uh, and that is when a woman says yes, the man conquers the woman, uh, but when a woman says no, the man must conquer himself. Interesting quote here. says, The consequence of a woman being placed on a pedestal was that men had to work hard to be thought worthy of a woman. Winning a damsel was a lifelong pursuit. Even after a marriage, a wife remained an unattainable prize whom the husband would devote his existence to honoring. No price was too great for the woman. Chivalry, too, was predicated on the idea that men had to mind their manners in the presence of creatures who still reflected the divine spirit. In 1936, King Edward VIII of England forfeited a kingdom of 600 million subjects and one quarter of the world's surface for the love of a woman. Something is crucial about a woman's modesty, 
and the Britney Spears and Janet Jacksons, and I'm sure I'm probably outdated there. I wouldn't doubt there's new prophets of nudity uh, dancing out there. But the, the point is the same. Our teens, our youth, uh, and the ladies uh, are being told uh, you have to look this way, dress this way, be this way to be accepted. Uh, I'm going to tell you it's a lie from the pit of hell. I was thinking about Jacob and uh, his love uh, for Rachel. And you know the story. Laban had these two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy youngest daughter. This is a fancy way of saying that Rachel was a very hot number. This girl was a good-looking lady, but uh, I wonder if, if he would have labored seven years for a woman that had not held to her moral virtues. Uh, she made him put in seven years. Uh, you're going to win me, dude. And I wonder if that would have happened uh, if she had lowered her standards. Uh, but no, this woman held uh, to, her, to her moral standards. Uh, and if you want a man's true love and admiration, dear, serve God. Make him. You want to find a good man? Look in the prayer room. You want to look for, you know, this is what we need to, uh, in our fellowship. Uh, we need to hold to the standard uh, and make uh, a woman still be one. Listen to this quote. With women being so significantly devalued, with men subtly being taught to despise women as worthless playthings created for nothing but their entertainment and pleasure, males are now making little effort to ennoble their character to be worthy of a woman. The rule today is that a man can act like a complete jerk and still get a girlfriend. Such men barely know how to be faithful, have no clue how to be husbands, and as a result, have little knowledge how to be a good father either. So, ladies, you hold the power. You hold a key element in society, in our churches, and in your own Christian life, uh, but there's a new racism and the pressure is on. Uh, thank God I say we still keep being the people of God. Uh, how many liked that sermon last night? <laughs> you, know, you know, we could just shut the whole thing down last night and went home. Uh, that was a powerful message. Uh, but you know what? Uh, that dovetails with this uh, because let's face it, we are trying to be cool. And it ain't working. The FBI is still on my tail. <laughs> Just kidding. I think the world's looking for something different. So let's finish with ladies and gentlemen. Those used to be the words you used to address people with. Ladies and gentlemen. Don't you like those words? Not dudes and dudettes. Ladies, the Bible talks about a, the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. You know, you shouldn't be so concerned how you look physically to, to the opposite sex. You ought to be very concerned how God views your heart. 
And the Bible says this is a great price to God. What a far cry from Proverbs 7, 10 through 12, where we see the hooking up of, our gener- of this generation. Uh, and the Bible is still up to date. Uh, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot uh, and subtle of heart. Her feet abide not in her house. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Bible doesn't have to even to explain what the attire of a harlot is. The attire of a harlot. You see, I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. That there's something that when a woman dresses a certain way, it is to snare, it is to get the attention, and it is uh, no longer uh, are we trying to win uh, a mate by the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit that loves God. Now we think we have to use the attire of a harlot, and I want to tell you, that's the opposite of what God's looking for. To the young men here, time to act respectful. First Timothy four twelve and thirteen. Let no man despise thy youth, but be you an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Well, thank God for our churches. That in those churches, the young men act like gentlemen. The ladies act like ladies, and there's an example that's in that congregation. This has to constantly be preached. This has to constantly be dealt with, but we are not called to be like the world. We are called to be the salt of the earth. We are called to be different, and what a great thing it is to see a young man get saved and begin to behave like a gentleman. today there's a blurring of the lines I was talking to some uh, young people one time and I asked them about the dating of their generation they had just gotten saved and they said oh no 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 they said there's very little dating anymore there's no winning of a woman I'm using terms like how do you win a woman today how and they're just looking at me like I'm from a different planet and they say, date it. No, 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 no. No, today we just all meet at one place and we just hook up. Uh, there's no real relationship, no commitment at all. It's just called hooking up. Uh, and uh, thank God for ladies and gentlemen. I was reading an article here about a young college girl who sold her virginity on eBay. With this brilliant explanation. Why keep something that means nothing to me when I can use it to further my education. The virginity of a woman is a precious thing. I'm going to get, if you've already had difficulties in that, you came in unsaved, you came in uh, rather, uh, you've had a, a, a past of sin, I want to tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ for you. See, the only answer is having a relationship with a holy God. Jesus Christ is the one who restores a woman's self-respect so that she no longer believes the only value she has comes from her sexuality. Jesus is a refuge for, a hurt, for hurting women. He is the refuge for those that maybe have compromised their past. Uh, and thank God when you get saved, uh, Jesus Christ gives you your dignity back. Here we have a woman caught in adultery. No doubt she was being used by a female abusing society. 
And Jesus said, go and sin no more. And Jesus released this woman to a new life. This woman uh, uh, later on is in the Bible uh, giving a, a great offering to the, to the Savior that forgave her. And you may have come into the kingdom. Maybe you have uh, uh, sold yourself uh, to this new racism. Maybe you have been abused. Maybe you did give yourself uh, uh, to a, a non-commitment relationship. Uh, I'm telling you, the answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, he will release you to a new life here we have the woman at the well you know the story this woman is a five-time loser she's been divorced five times she's not even married to the man she's with now and she had lost so much confidence that she was willing to shack up with the first one that said i love you but thank god jesus christ passed by that day and he gave her a brand new beginning and she went into a city this five-time loser and said come see a man Come see a man. Do you think Justin Timberlake is a man? He may be a male, but he is not a man. I'll tell you what men do. Men guard the virtue of a woman. Real men guard a woman's virtue. The Christian ones do. They protect the dignity of a woman. They don't expose it. And this woman saw Jesus and said, come see a man. Here we have the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, 8 through 11. We have a little sister. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. And if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall. Then was I in his eyes as one that found favor. You know this scripture. You've preached on this. This talks about a woman that be a wall or she be a door. This means a woman that guards her virtue versus opens it up to anybody that says, I love you. And the Bible says that if she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver. But if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. She says, I am a wall. And I was in his eyes as one that found favor. Don't go for the lie, dear ladies. I want to tell you something. Real respect comes in guarding your virtue. And men, and, uh, believe me, admire that. And Janet Jackson may be remembered as the one who bared her breast in front of millions of people, but I guarantee you that woman will never have respect uh, outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So just a couple of pieces of advice as we close here. Ladies, make him respect and win you. Make him. Gentlemen, Protect their honor so they won't feel like the only way to get a man is to compromise their own feminine instincts. You know, that has a lot to do in the church. Show them respect. Show them honor. Mothers, don't dress up in teenagers' clothing. Isn't it interesting? The Bible admonishes us and it, it tells us to treat the younger women, the women as sisters. 
Yeah, I don't know about you, but I didn't flirt with my sister. <laughs> Pastors, that's the first step for a fall. You say, I don't, what do you mean flirt? What, I got to explain that word to you? You know what flirt means? You know what flirt means? You're flirting. Oh, anyway. That's a step for a fall. Fathers, show your daughters how a woman should be treated. If you're treating your daughter in a way, you're showing her how a woman should be treated by loving her and respecting her and praying for her. Show her how a woman should be treated and make any young man who wants to date your daughter go through you. Amen. I would like permission, Mr. Renz, because I know you kill people. I would like permission to date my daughter. I like it when they're up front about it. How about you? It's an interesting quote. It says, finally... We need an emphasis on the ability for attentive fathers to provide their daughters with a healthy form of male attention that will make their daughters less dependent on pimply pubescent boys. <laughs> yes, amen. They say that there's something about a father with his daughter that just their presence together holds back puberty on a girl. Something I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But there's something about that daughter-father relationship that holds back uh, these things uh, for later on in life. Uh, and there's something about a relationship between a father and a daughter and uh, parents and children uh, that is very healthy in this area. And finally, ladies, let me give you a scripture, and we're going to turn it over to Pastor Lamb. You know, you're being told, you're, you're, you're being sold a bill of goods, dear. You really are. You're being told that you have no value unless you have certain this and certain that dressed this way. You know, I'm sorry, but, you know, and if, and, you know, if we know we come in, in in certain conditions, and I'm not talking about before you were saved, but may I tell you, a woman with a, a, woman with a tattoo, I'm telling you, women getting tattooed, it's just not right. Don't you, you're saved now, on we go. But you're being sold a bill of goods. But the scriptures have something very good to say about the virtuous woman. It says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. See, I don't really care so much if we have the praise of the world, but what a great thing to have the praise of God and the praise of our family and the praise of our children where we can say, you know what, Mom? Thank you. Thank you for not going for it. 
thank you for guarding. Thank you for being a woman. Thank you for being a Christian. And Yeshisha, and they, and they call her blessed. Uh, ladies, you hold the power. You hold uh, the, uh, one of the keys to society and to the health of our congregations. Uh, don't go for it. Uh, be a woman of God. Praise the Lord. That's all I have. God bless you. Amen.